Once upon a time in Egypt, there was a dude called Manito. He was a priest in the Ptolemaic Egypt. Just after Alexander had conquered Egypt and died, his empire was divided between his generals and Ptolemy gained control of Egypt. During the reign of Ptolemy I, or maybe Ptolemy II, we don't know actually, Manito wrote his piece de resistance, Egyptica, which is Greek for Egypt. That shouldn't be a surprise for you. He listed all of the common knowledge, all of the oral traditions of ancient Egypt in his books. Those books, however, did not survive till this day. We only have fragments of it, or other people that write about Manito's books, but not the actual books themselves. From those people, the most famous of them is Herodotus. There's also Julius Africanus and Eusebius of Caesarea, who copied Manito's list of kings and copied the history he wrote for those kings. Put in mind that Manito was alive in 300 BC. This means that he was writing the chronicles of kings that came 2300 years before him. This is like me now writing the history of Alexander the Great. Yes, I know some information, but I have the f***ing internet. They did not have that at the time. The country is that old. His method of writing those books were actually very methodical and very scientific. He used to go from priests to priests in different temples, ask them about the histories of the ancient kings of Egypt, and only reference the stories that have multiple sources. It was basically the way going forward for any author trying to chronicle the history of ancient kings. Now coming back to Nitocris, or as the Egyptian name says, King Nitschirkara. Nitocris is only the Greek form of the name, like everything else, like Memphis for example, which is the Greek name of Menefer the ancient Egyptian capital. Manito mentions that there was a queen named Nitocris that succeeded her brother. His brother had been the king of Egypt and he had been put to death by his subjects, who then placed her upon the throne. And she avenged his death. She gathered them in a spacious underground chamber by throwing a banquet and inviting all of those that have been responsible for his death in one way or another, and then using ducts to flow the Nile into this underground chamber and drown them all. According to Manito, she then committed suicide by running into a burning room. But he also said that she built the Third Pyramid, which we know is not true, because the Third Pyramid was built at least 300 years before she was even born. He was probably mistaken by the similarity of her prenom, like the throne name, to that of Menkaura, who actually built the Third Pyramid. She's not 
mentioned in any native Egyptian inscriptions. She probably did not exist. King Acherkari, however, actually does exist. He is listed on the Turin list and the Abidus Kings list, and those are basically the two most reliable sources that we have around the histories of the kings that ruled Egypt at the time. Manito's Egyptica was groundbreaking. It divided the Egyptian kings into 30 dynasties, and we still use this division until this day. All of the names that you've seen in this story are true. The story itself is not true. As far as we know, Nitocris did not exist, and it was just a work of fiction. Some pharaoh, in this case, Nitschirkare, with just a similar name, or at least a similar sounding name for Greeks. King Nitschirkare was the last king of the 6th dynasty, which means that he was the last king before the first intermediate period. If you read the ancient Egyptian history, you'll see that it's divided into Old Kingdom, Middle Kingdom, New Kingdom, with two intermediate periods between them. Intermediate periods that historians don't consider as part of ancient Egyptian history. Egypt at the time was not ruled by Egyptians. So for example, in the second intermediate period, it was ruled by the Hyksos, a Semitic group of people that conquered the north of Egypt at the time. For the first intermediate period, however, it was internal struggles that took down the country. As I said in the story, the influence of the priests, the influence of the local governors, the nomarchs, the ones who rule gnomes, superseded that of the pharaoh himself. There was a lot of internal conflicts that led to the country going downwards really quickly. That was one of the reasons why I chose to tell the story that way, because not just that Nitocris is identified with Acherkari, but he's also the last pharaoh of the Old Kingdom, the Old Kingdom which actually built the pyramids. There was no or at least not significant pyramids after the first couple of dynasties. The pyramids of Giza that you all know and love and have seen on the TV and by the way, the perfect view for them if you ever go is from the Pizza Hut in front of the pyramids. It's amazing. So the pyramids in Giza, they were all built in the third dynasty. The Middle Kingdom had its own traditions. The New Kingdom had its own traditions. They built a whole empire and all of the temples in the south, all of the tombs that have gold and whatever in them, they were all in, in the New Kingdom. But the Old Kingdom was the pyramid ancient Egypt. To be the last pharaoh of that age is quite a significant thing to achieve. So you're supposed to be one of the greats, one of the pyramid building pharaohs, but you're actually the worst ever because you made this whole kingdom just disappear for hundreds of years. This is quite an interesting position to be in. Now, I actually started this um, the research into the story because I wanted to write a story about Hatshepsut, which is actually one of the greatest ever pharaohs 
who happened to be a woman that ruled Egypt. Her achievements are quite amazing, really. Not just that she built a very, very strong country, she she opened a lot of new trade routes in Africa, she built a lot of amazing temples in terms of architecture, but also she was a woman that ruled Egypt 1500 years before Christ. And I reached the story of Nitocris through the classifications of women pharaohs that ruled Egypt and so on. So, Hatshepsut, I'm coming for you, another story, another time. Nitocris was actually mentioned in a lot of works of fiction. Also, there's an amazingly bad version of Nitocris, and I'm going to link that actually in in the episode notes. It's from um, a game, an RPG game, that's on mobile phones, called Fate Grand Order, and you basically control a bunch of characters that are based on literature, based on mythology, and so on, to like fight other players and so on. So the version of Nitocris there is absurdly sexualized. It's really, really weird. Like it looks weird. It feels weird. It's like a blend of sexy rabbit slash something from a 16 year old's fantasy. It's really, really weird. Um, I'm going to link that again in the episode notes. You need to see it. One last thing to finish this episode. You can think about the story in multiple ways. You can think that Merenre is the victim because he was trying to be a good pharaoh, blah. You can think that Necherkare is the victim. She was trying to avenge her brother's death and so on. But in all cases... The only victim in all of those stories is the Egyptian people. Whether it was pharaohs, governors appointed by the Ottoman Caliph, or rulers appointed by the Persians on Egypt, the victims are always the Egyptian commoners. <laughs>